Face the Music, a pre-yellow song-by-song podcast, is brought to you by fine Patreoners like Martin Quibell. This is Face the Music, a pre-yellow song-by-song podcast. Episode negative zero nine zero, Lonely Weekends. <laughs> Since you left me, since you left me, I'm as lonely as I can be. Oh, those lonely weekends. What's that song all about? Lonely Weekends was released on January 22nd, 1965 as the B-side of Here I Stand. It was written and first recorded by Charlie Rich and released on October 14th, 1959. Charlie's version entered Billboard's Hot 100 on March 14, 1960 at number 99. Every week it rose and fell until it made it into the top 40 at number 25 on May 2, 1960 where it stayed for three weeks and got up to number 22 on May 23rd and that's the best it did. Its last week in the top 40 was on June 27th. August 1st was the last week the song was even in the Hot 100. It was never a hit in the UK. Rich would have his biggest success in the 1970s as a country artist with number one hits like Behind Closed Doors and The Most Beautiful Girl. He died from a pulmonary embolism on July 25th, 1995 at age 62. I've been scanning the Lonely Hearts column. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsenson. And it's the story of my life from 1984 to 1996, Lonely Weekend. Lots of lonely weekends, sitting alone in my bedroom when I was a teenager and into my 20s and working on my comic strip, writing little books, recording songs, just working on my underground newspaper instead of out banging chicks, which apparently is what all the teenagers were doing. Well... Remember the rule that you find out after high school. Anybody bragging about how much sex they had was having about as much as you. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, last (laughs) week, the Knight Riders took a turn away from the Beatles. They ventured into the Four Seasons. And this week, they go back to the Beatles. And um, Mm -hmm. I don't like it. (laughs) They copy the kind of Beatles sound that I don't like anyway. It's sort of an amalgam of Beatles songs that have that kind of sound to it, which I can't really quite explain. I don't know, the bass and guitars maybe aren't as crisp as they usually sound, and it's just the Beatles again. And I, I like the other ones. Fabulous. Well, if this is love, if this is love, well, it's fabulous. It's fabulous. And what a sweet thing that was. Even though they sounded like the Beatles, and even though I got to the point where it's like, really, we're going to copy the Beatles again? But I still like Fabulous, and that one that came before it. But this one, it's not doing it for me. I, yeah, I just I just don't like the sound. I don't like the song. I didn't think it was that bad. I liked the drumming on it, and I liked the guitar part in it. 
uh, when I came in with the little solo that Wood did there. <laughs> Yeah, like I said before about them is I don't know if there's any original material. Really would like to hear it. There was. I mean, Wood writes. Uh, it, there's something coming up. I haven't heard the song. I just know that. And I don't know what song, it, if it's next week or a week or two later. But there is a song that Roy Wood wrote and they recorded. So we'll see okay. what that sounds like. Yeah, that'll be interesting to hear. Hopefully. Yeah, again, it's got good production on it and everything. It's got a lot more going than you would think a rather unknown band would have. So somebody was behind them. Then what they're covering is interesting. Yeah. They're not just covering the same songs that the Stones yeah. and the Beatles were doing. They're not just doing the same blues songs and R&B stuff. They are Holly. covering a little bit more obscure 50s and early 60s rockabilly and stuff like that. The problem is, by the time they get done with it, I mean, I love it when somebody takes a song and go does a completely different arrangement so it doesn't sound like the original. But in this case, all the arrangements sound like... They were just trying to be the Beatles, except for the Four Seasons one. Yeah. So they need to vary the arrangements a bit more, I should say. Once one or two didn't get them a hit, <laughs> then it was probably a hint that maybe, huh, well, these other bands are doing stuff that makes them stand out, even if it is a stupid Mancunian accent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Or that uh, really annoys people, including the person singing it. <laughs> and, <laughs> but at least it gets them noticed. Mm -hmm. So the rest of their hits that aren't like that get noticed by their fans. Either that or if they didn't have enough original material, maybe they had to start thinking about getting some people to write for them. Or picking stuff that wasn't already released and finding songwriters that had their own stuff out there to grab and arrange and do so that they started developing their own sound. Obviously, they were around long enough to try and do it, too. Yeah, 64, 65, everybody is trying to sound like the Beatles. Some people are doing okay with that. Some people are just <laughs> releasing records that nobody's buying because, oh, they sound like the Beatles. There's nothing here that sounds different from anybody else. They got the goods to make their own sound, but they don't. I found an interview with Mike Sheridan from 2016, and he said, actually, I played that clip from last week. He said he was interested in making money, and Roy Wood was interested in making art, something creative that isn't just mm -hmm. based on grabbing bags of cash. So from Mike Sheridan's perspective, at least in 1964-65, follow the money. And the Beatles were raking in big bags of cash. But when everybody else is sounding like the Beatles... You know, what's the point of buying this record that sounds like the Beatles when there's the Beatles and there's other people who sound like the Beatles? I mean, I will give them credit for taking songs and just making them sound completely different. Because if you're going to remake a song and just make it sound almost exactly like the original did, then what's the point? So at least they're taking the songs and trying something new. But I mean, there's also something else. And this just popped into my head. When you're starting out new, you usually copy the people that you like. And eventually you find your own style while working your way through that. At first, my comic strip was Charlie Brown. 
then it veered into Bloom County-ish. And then as it went on, I found my own way and it became less stone cold Bloom County clone and my own kind of thing. I mean, I don't know what's coming up for the Night Riders. We get like, I think, four records left before we get back in line to where we were supposed to be and we enter the move. So I don't know if they copy what they admire and then eventually find their own style and veer off from what they're copying into their own lane. As for the original, it was done by Charlie Rich. Well, I make it all right. Well, I make it all right. From Monday morning to Friday night. Oh, it's only weekends. Now, the Phillips label that it's on is not the Phillips label most people would be familiar with, which was the one for the electrical company. Yeah. Which released a lot of great records in the 60s and 70s, including Blue Cheers, Vincibus Eruptum. Which, uh, I know somebody who really, really hates that album, even though I love it. I'm just impressed uh, that you spit that name out without stammering over it. <laughs> but no, this is a different Phillips Records, which was an imprint of Sun, so it was Sam Phillips. Yeah. This is early 1960s. I think it is 1960. And it was a top 20 hit for Charlie Rich. This is before he was doing country. And he's doing his best Elvis impersonation. Yes, he is. <laughs> it's not a bad song he does it a lot better and what makes the song a lot better on his end is number one phillips production that choir does not get as annoying as say chet atkins choir productions do but no it's that saxophone yeah I like the original version much better. For one thing, for my ear holes, there's a lot there to be chewing on. With Mike Sheridan, it's just guitar, bass, drums, singing. There's much more going on in the choir. The saxophone, which sounds like a, a much deeper saxophone that you usually hear. And I like the big echo clapping, the huge echo clapping that's going on in the background during the sax solo. And I think kind of carries through the rest of the song. <laughs> I mean, I, I like his Elvis voice. It's Elvis in that time period that I like before he came back from the army and just kind of turned into a, his own self-parody. Yeah, and that's what I like about the Charlie Rich one is that it has that sound to it. Rich didn't stick with that very long. He became one of the most popular country singers in the 1960s and 70s and known as the Silver Fox. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. At one point, country and Western was more dangerous than rock and roll. Yeah. There's not a lot of rock and roll singers that have stomped their wife to death. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's probably a good thing. That's a good thing, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do not recommend doing that. <laughs> no, don't don't stomp anybody. It's It causes more trouble than it's worth. Yep. But a lot of their artists have some interesting history, and I kind of really... I don't want Mike Sheridan or Roy Wood to get violent with anybody, but... <laughs> I think that's what's missing here uh, with Lonely Weekend. Is rock and roll supposed to be at least a little dangerous? Yeah. And this is so safe. This is straight up stone cold safe. Seatbelts and airbags and also wrapped in bubble wrap kept inside so nothing happens safe. It's liberal helicopter moms safe. <laughs> <laughs> 
should do what the conservatives do. Just turn them loose with guns, and whoever survives, that's the best of the breed. Got something to say about lonely weekends? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. Enjoy the podcast? Then let us know with the universal expression of love, cash. You get swell extras when you subscribe at patreon.com slash ELOPod. At the $1 an episode tier, you can hear shows a week before the rest of the world. And at the $2 tier, you get expanded episodes with bonus material only found at patreon.com slash ELOPod. Help a poor man build a pretty dream and give us lots of money at patreon.com slash ELOPod. Well, hello, this is Troy, and as the great wise philosopher Al Bundy might say, you don't have to worry about lonely weekends since you have two hands. I love to work with wood. I like the feel of it, the smell of it. I guess it runs in the family. Concerning this week's song, the Dave Clark Five called. They want their sound back. Are Uh, you quite finished with your joke? Talk to you next week. (sighs) Everything really wrapped up nicely. Hmm, much quicker than usual. Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. Leave a message on our voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com and we'll read and reply to it on the show. Join our YouTube page, the Electric Light Orchestra podcast channel, to hear the full songs and other goodies. If you don't want to subscribe through Patreon, use PayPal with the podcast's email or send a check or money order to P.O. Box 19 32 Superior, Arizona 85173. The subscription fee is $4 a month and include your email address so we can send you the secret link. Next week, episode negative 089. Take my hand.